Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. That's right. It's Everybody's Friend, the Comic Web Old Time Radio Program Podcast, where each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. We also offer two other podcasts. We have a Superman old-time radio program podcast and a video podcast of old movie serials. Just go to our website for information on how to download the podcasts or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. The Comic Web sells all the old-time radio programs featured in our podcast as well as comic books and more. Check us out at ComicWeb.com. You'll get some of my brief commentary after the episode. This week we offer you the mediocre of old-time radio. We just added the Goldbergs to our catalog, so I wanted to showcase that program. But to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs is a 15-minute comedy soap opera type show. So our podcast this week is an episode of Bold Venture, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, followed by an episode of the Goldbergs. Bold Venture, despite its high star power, is generally considered just in the middle of the pack for old-time radio. I think it's a load of fun because of the stars, but the script and pacing don't equal the anticipation of how good the show should be. So for the very best in mediocre entertainment, make yours the comic web. Bold Venture. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean, Bold Venture. Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. We ought to do this more often, Slate. You like window shopping, huh? Well, it's not only that. It's the walking on a bright, sunshiny day, smiling at people, having them smile at you. Things like that. I hate it. Senor, go ahead. Take a $10 bill. Take two. Huh? I'll take one. Hey, what is this? What's the idea of standing on the street corner and giving away money, Carlo? Ah, you know my name? Let me take a close look at you. Ah, Senor Shannon. Here, take some $10 bills, Senor Shannon. Is it all right if I stand in line again? Cut it out, sailor. I know this guy, old Carlo. He's got a fishing boat down at the... No, no more. For 30 years, but now it's $50,000. Those fish will do it to you every time. Both sold for cash money. Business sold for cash money. Plus, A, from selling the friendly fish is $50,000. Happy. But why should I not give away money, senor? Well, you tell me. Soon, so what good is the money? Oh, you've got a long time of living, Carlo. No, no, my brother will kill me. You will see. Take some money. Slate, let's take him home. Sure. Come on, Carlo. No one's going to kill you. Oh, my brother. No, don't worry about it. I'll see that nothing happens to you. A promise? Sure. Sure is a promise. Come on. We'll take you home. (laughs) 
banquet, senorita. Everything on the menu. I am rich and I am going to die soon. Therefore, I wish to eat good before I die. For you have many things. I will bring you the blue plate, huh? Bring many, many blue plates for everybody in the restaurant. Oh, yeah, and listen, everyone. The blue plates are on me. Sit down. Sit down, stupid. You bring shame. <laughs> I won. Brother of my blood. Brother who wishes to kill me. You are insane. You should be in a cage. Leave the viejo alone. He does not hurt to nobody. Good, senorita. He will not kill me here. He has not the courage for so many eyes at me. In a day you are changed, Carlo. You talk now with the mouth of a man who has no fear of death. Because I have a friend. A friend who will not permit you to commit death upon me. With $50,000, you have bought such a friend. Not bought. His friendship was given. Slate Shannon take my hand. He promised. Shannon? <laughs> I have heard the name. I have heard for money he will steal from a hungry dog. You lie. You are sick with evil, brother mine. He is my friend. For nothing, for nothing. Shannon will not keep you from death, hermano Carlo. Brother Carlo. Nothing. No one will keep it from you. Because it is in my hand to offer it to you. At a place... At a moment of my choosing. Because I will give you none of my money? Because you are evil? I will take it from you, Carlo. All of it. Before you have given it away to street beggars. From your dead hands I will take it. Adios, hermano. Eat Shannon's place welcomes you, senor. And I welcome Shannon's place. Uh, where is this Shannon of Shannon's place? Oh, you're bashful. You don't like to sign a register in front of a lady. Sure. Slate. Slate, come here. Oh, what do you want, sailor? I'm busy. Oh. Shannon's place welcomes you, senor. The Hotel Nifty, rooms three. You are Shannon of this uh, Nifty Shannon's place? Real Nifty, huh? I have come here... To ask you not to help my brother, Carlo. Now, wait a minute. Who did you say you were? Juan Ruiz. Brother of the crazy one who gives away money on street corners. Brother of Carlo. Please, he will do no harm. Do not ask of the police to put him away in an asylum. As you want to kill him. I... For this delusion, I am sending him to a doctor. So he will be cured. So he will know that I have for him only the brother-to-brother love. The doctor will vouch this, what I tell you. The doctor for the head. The doctor, Tracy Jones. Tracy Jones. That's a nice, normal name for psychiatrist. Was that you having a thought, Slate? Yeah, very funny. Slate Shannon speaking. He tried it again, senor. My brother tried to kill me. He did, Carlo? When? This is that he shot at me, but he missed. Well, that's fine. I'm glad he didn't hit you. You promised. You promised do something. I'll be right down, Carlo. That was your brother, Senor Ruiz. What did he want? Said you tried to shoot him just now. <laughs> it is ridiculous, Senor. I am here in your very nifty hotel. What are you going to do about Carlos Slate? I don't know. Let's go see how he almost got killed. <laughs> 
gentle knock does it, Mac. You want to try again, Slate? Look, if you two got the time to play, you got nothing important to do here. Point yourself north, playmates. Who are you? Landlord. Cross the landlord. What do you want? We want to see Carlo Ruiz. Oh, grabbers, huh? That's why you want to see Carlo. You're grabbers. Part-time panhandle. You're his watchdog, huh? I'll give you a reading, landlord. Carlo called me a little while ago, said his brother tried to kill him. His brother was standing under my nose when Carlo told me that. <laughs> he was, huh? That's where Brother Warren was. Well, what do you know about that? Now that we gave you the password, we can talk to Carlo. Hmm? Sure, but he ain't here. Go find a street corner with a crowd. They'll be kissing his hand and making the local sign behind his back. You mean no one tried to kill him? He was making it up? Who said anything like that? Someone tried to kill him, all right. Come on, I'll prove it to you. Right down the hall here. Here. Now, take a look. Whoever it was stood in the alley, shot through the window at him. Now, you can see the bullet hole in the glass. This sticking out from under the bed. Carlos' suitcase, where he keeps all his dough. Now, don't put a finger to it. Don't even smell it. You won't mind a friendly look, huh, Croft? Sure you won't mind? Yeah. Trust you, don't he, landlord? I told you to... Easy, kid. You're among friends. Taylor, come here. What'd you find, Slate? Look. If someone shot at Carlo from the alley the way he said, the shattered glass would be inside the room, wouldn't it? Let me think about it a minute, huh? Sure it would. The glass is out there in the alley. That means no one shot at him from there. The shot came from inside. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought. Gun under the mattress. Hmm. Fired not too long ago. You're wonderful, Slate. You find guns, sniff them, and you're wonderful. Carlos states the whole thing. Just convinces he's... Go find him, Sailor. Go find him before someone puts him away. And you're going to stay here for a friendly game of rummy with Croft the land. I would if I didn't feel so sick, Sailor. A sick fellow like me needs a doctor. You go find Carla while I go get my head examined. The way you keep looking at me and adding me up, I wouldn't diagnose his neurotic. Not in the least. How would you diagnose it, Dr. Jones? Part surprise, because I'm a woman, Doctor. Part delight, because I'm a woman. Mr. Shannon, when were you first aware that you were in need of a psychiatrist? Well, there was a time... Uh, well, then after that, years later, there was a time Carlo Ruiz tried to prove to me his brother was going to kill him. Oh, he told you that. But doesn't he tell everybody? Two weeks ago, his brother sent him to me. Because of that aberration. He's been coming to my office every day. I have a professional interest in Carlo. What's yours, Mr. Shannon? He's an old friend. I want to help him if I can. Mm -hmm. He does have a lot of money, doesn't he? And he gives it away. Have I have trouble with violent patients, Doctor? I only ask because I can feel it coming on. You would be a provocative one. <laughs> Don't be angry. I find greed universal. I have it myself. And how about you, for instance? I could be greedy. Shame on me. Uh, yes, you think you could hold a blush long enough to show me your records on Carlo? You'll have to listen to it. I record the things my clients tell me on tape. Like a radio program, you know? Well, I'm crazy for soap operas. Let's hear it, shall we? Now, normally they're confidential. However, with you being Carlo's friend and wanting to help him, let's see. Oh, here it is. Carlo Ruiz, case history. Play it on that machine in back of you, Mr. Shannon. Carlo will enchant you. Well, he always has. 
Why do you want to kill me? Why do you want to kill me, Juan? My brother, why do you want to kill me? Why do you want to kill me? Why do you want to kill me, Juan? You can turn it off now. That's all he says, Miss James, over and over and over. Now cure him of it. Another week with me and he'll be cured of everything. Sure he will. Cured of hate, cured of 50 grand. You're a doc after a man's own heart, aren't you, Doc? And for you, senor, a $10 bill. See, see, little boy, you may have one, too, for your mama and your papa. Thank you. And you, senorita. I've been looking for you, Carlos. Take money. Carlos, listen to me. I have not much time, senorita. I must take... Come on, let's get out of here. Carlo, nothing's going to happen. No one's trying to kill you. I have said it. My brother, the evil brother of mine. I was in my room and he shot me. No, no, he didn't. He saw, he shot. Senor, here, take money. It is for you. And you, senor. Take. Carlo, what's the matter with you? What is it? The pain, senorita. In the bag. The pain. A knife. Somebody, somebody help. Did I not say it? Did I not say he would kill me, my brother? He Stood on Havana Street, hand out money, his savings deeply. Laura, ten dollar bill, say, brother, we'll keep. Mr. Slade, he go to Lady Doctor, who say, fisherman sick, I make him sick no more. But Lady Doctor, she get no chance to heal, because fisherman die from blade of steel. Slade. Now, what do you want? Stop looking like that. You don't like how I look? Tear yourself away from me. Run, don't walk. You couldn't have stopped Carlos dying. Why whip yourself with it? Lady Saylor speaks true, Mr. Slate. Death comes to a man in many ways. As he has wished it, as he has dreamed it, as he has sweated in terror over it, as he... That more of your Haitian hillbilly philosophy, King? It is only that of a man who... A man who what? A man who gave away his hard-earned dough? Wanted to make people happy? Who asked me to save him from dying? I know how you feel, Slate. What do you think it did to me when Carlo... You were right there, standing next to him. You sure you didn't see who gave it to him? He turned away from me, Faith. It wasn't his brother? It wasn't his brother. You told the cops? You told LaSalle? I told the cops. I told LaSalle. Let's go talk with him some more, sailor. Maybe you left out something I can fill in.
come in. Quickly. I am glad you have waited at least this long to come here, Senor Kennedy. I said I handled it, didn't I? See, si. Already the papers have been screaming of my brother's death. Sad. Sad. What's the sad, sad business? You hire me to stick a knife in your brother. Fresh off the boat, am I when you come dancing up to me? Now it's sad, sad. Character talk. Now, of course, uh, you wish payment. Uh-huh. Here, this envelope. Make it two more envelopes, just like it. Por favor? On account of I've been roaming the barrio. Word come up that little brother of yours left the satchel of dough. So it ups the payment. Did you not get the suitcase what was under his bed? Uh-uh. Crawled through the window like you said. No suitcase. You got it, huh? The suitcase? Hey, money. what have you done with it? Again, the character talk, huh? Okay, character. Yeah. <laughs> See, a character. Because I feel this way, senor dead man. Your dying means nothing. Nor that of my brother. Of the money? <laughs> Sleep peacefully, senor. I will get it. told the police all you knew. What did it get you, say? Well, you saw what it got me. A hearty handshake, a slap on the back for citizenship, two passes to the policeman's ball, and an official clucking of the tongue because I wasn't included in Carlo's will. You're lucky. All I got was a fanfare from a rookie's police whistle when I turned my back. <laughs> Go back and get his name, sailor. Who knows? You might overpark in a ten-minute zone someday. Go on. You don't want me to do that, Slay. When he blew his whistle, he trilled. And you know what that means. I'll go any way you like. Just leave me alone. That's how you want it? That's how I want it. I need time to think. I think good when I walk by myself. You walk close to me and things get mixed up. Wait till you see how mixed up it gets without me. Bye, sucker. I'm delighted you got rid of him, Mr. Shannon. Huh? I thought I was delighted you got rid of your aunt. It'll give us more time together. <laughs> She's... She's not my aunt, Doctor. She's... Isn't she, though? But you prefer to travel light, is that it? Sometimes. A man never knows when he'll need his hands free to... Of course he doesn't. But first he must bring his doctor a gift. In a suitcase. In Carlo's suitcase. And leave off the pink ribbon. Oh. Carlo's money belongs to you? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Doctor? He promised it to me. You must give it to me. And I'll thank you. In a gentle way. Golly day. No doctor ever talked to me like that before. No doctor... Hey. What's the matter? That guy walking down the street, all dressed up in fancy clothes, new clothes. Well, what about him? He interests me. When I saw him before, he was a dream in a dirty T-shirt. So long, Doc. Happy headphones. Foolish man. So close to death, and you think you can run away from it. Foolish man. <laughs> Can I help you? Where is Senor Shannon? On the sidewalks of Havana. At the present moment, he is not with us. He is... I must see him. I must see him. Find him for me. Quickly. Immediately. Bring him to me. The Senor Ruiz wants something, King? He wants me to produce Mr. Slade. Do you have the suitcase? Did he bring it here? What suitcase is he talking about, Lady Sailor? It's mine. I'm his only living relative. The money belongs to me. If you say so. And you have it. You or your Mr. Shannon. I want it. 
You have stolen it. It belongs to me. All that money. All your brother's money. Gone, huh? Would a suitable reward for its return interest you, senorita? Sure. How much? Uh, I know women such as you, senorita. Greedy. But for this money, my poor brother is dead. And of you too. Are you threatening us, Ruiz? Not a threat, senorita. Merely a morsel for your consideration. Death is for so long a time. Senorita. Hey, wait, wait, what's the matter with you? You get off your rocker? Yeah, rock on this. Uh, get up, Brock. Your new suit will get dirty. How come a poor landlord like you blossoms forth with new clothes right after his prize tenant gets murdered? Carlo, give me a hundred bucks before he got killed. Ten Chris Sawbucks. Makes a hundred. So I bought clothes. Gave it to you, huh? Why did you slip that knife into him and suddenly get wealthy with $50,000? You know something? None of that what you said I could do. It's a weakness with me how I'm in love with good people like Carlo. All right. Carlo, have any callers? Sure. You and that dame. Who else? His brother. His brother? His doctor. His what? His doctor. A perfumed girl doctor. Called on him, huh? Like how often? Like practically every day. A beautiful lady doctor. Was a thing a man could look forward to. Where you going? I ain't finished with my confession yet. Oh, Slate Shannon. What a delightful surprise. I... No, it isn't either. I see you brought your aunt. Slate, this is a doctor? It is. Your slip-showing doctor. Well, let's all go inside and join the National Geographic, shall we? You won't mind that I'm a bit disheveled, will you? My last patient thought he was a housefly. Tried to light on the chandelier. Hand me that magazine, Slate. Thanks. You just lost your patient, doctor. That's it, girls. Have fun, but don't fight. I'm going to look around. Don't go in there. You leave him alone. He can go any place he wants. Get out of my way. I told you, you can't go in there. Pretty living room. Planning a trip, Doctor? No. That's good. Because this suitcase, it's kind of shabby for a career girl like you. Leave it alone. And the initials, C.R., what do they stand for? Tracy Jones in code? Hmm. All this money. Hey, sailor. Breathing down your neck, Neff. Carlo's money. He could have made so many friends with it. He gave it to me. Because I was going to cure him. I cure it with murder now? That must be a patient, Shannon. May I answer it? Sure. We'll wait in your office. Come on, sailor. Get rid of him, Tracy. We've got lots to talk about. I will. I'm sorry. Do not be sorry about anything. Let us go inside. I can't very well argue with a gun, can I? What do you want, Ruiz? My brother's money. I don't have it. No one has it. Is that not strange? Give it to me or you die as Carl died. It's in there in my office. Good. Very good. Why do you want to kill me, Juan? My brother, why do you want to kill me? Why do you want to kill me? Carl! He's want to not dead. But I have him killed. Why do you want I have him killed. I'll kill him again. Why kill him. Why, Taylor? 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 Why, Taylor?
Not anymore. What's this? Not anymore. It was a trick. A trick. Yeah, it sure was. Nice going, Slade. How do you like my nephew, Doc? Now listen to me. That money, I'll explain how I got it. I went back and I took it and I was going to turn it in. The cops will listen. Get your smelling salts, Doctor. You're going to need them. Good time, Slate. Well, if you've been to a policeman's ball like we have, you've been to a policeman's ball like we have. More than that. Well, have you ever danced with a policewoman, sailor? You ought to be proud, Slate. That was Senora Sergeant Babe Alvarez you danced with. She's got six notches in her gun. Seven. She had a hard day today before the ball. Aren't you proud of me, too? Well, just because they made you honorary captain of Precinct 12? Yes. And you're walking on my beat now. Pull over to the curb. That's right. Now come here. How'd you like that ticket? Hmm. Two in one night. My, my. Get out the book, officer. There's going to be a crime wave tonight. And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rowe. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. The Goldbergs radio program started in 1931 and lasted until 1945. The story was about life in a Jewish ghetto in, in the Bronx. The star was Molly Goldberg, the lovable Jewish meddling mother of the family, of all New York City, and indeed of all America. While Berg certainly played the stereotypical Jewish mother, and since the Goldbergs was so successful, she may have been somewhat responsible for that same stereotype. She emphasized the positives of the portrayal and downplayed the negative connotations. Gertrude Berg wrote, directed, produced, and starred in the show. Quite simply, without Berg, there is no Goldbergs. She borrowed from her own life, but even more so on, on her many trips to the Bronx to visit friends and just wander around the area getting a good script material. Part of the success has to be contributed to her perfectionist attitude. For example, if the script called for scrambling eggs in a kitchen, she would literally scramble eggs to get the correct sound. Or, and I imagine much to the chagrin of the actors working for her, she would have an actor repeat a line over and over and over and over again until she was happy with it. Yet through this, she could also ad-lib great lines or, in one case, write an entire episode in just eight minutes. In that case, a guest star actor couldn't make the show, so a new script was needed. Fast. Over time, the Goldbergs aged, their children grew up, got married. In short, from 1931 to 1945, the characters changed as America changed. The Goldbergs even moved from the city to the suburbs, just like America was doing during this time, while struggling to maintain their roots. Although the show was a comedy in 15-minute segments, occasionally Gertrude Berg touched on much more serious issues. She wrote about the Kristallnacht in Nazi Germany and relations, and having relations to the Goldbergs trying to escape the Holocaust. 
These weren't frequent serious episodes, but it's hard to imagine a Jewish family, no matter their location, not being extremely concerned about Nazism in the 1940s. After 1945, the show made a messy trans transition to television. It switched networks a few times, different actors were brought in, ownership and naming issues, and just a mess. Then the radio show, show came back for a year. A movie called Molly was released in 1951. But it, to be honest, the, the Goldbergs that everybody loved pretty much ended in 1945. Other cast members included Philip Loeb as husband Jake Goldberg, Arlene McQuaid as daughter Ros Rosalie Goldberg, Larry Robinson as the son Sammy, and Eli Mintz as Uncle David. And now, kids, it's time for a Comic Web Radio Secret Society code, 18-7-28-28-118. Just enter this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. Deciphering the code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, a certificate of membership, and you get 15% off any order from the Comic Web. Just use the word on checkout where we ask for a coupon code. The code again is 18-7-28-28-118. If you have any comments on how to improve our podcast, please send an email to us or fill out the survey on our website. Our email is editor at comicweb.com, and we would appreciate anyone leaving reviews of the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else. And now, the Goldbergs. Yes, it's the Goldbergs. Pardon me, but I'm looking for Mr. Fleming. Why, Mr. Fleming? Oh, so it's you, is it? Well, see here, young man, I've been hearing what you say about does on the radio. But listen, I... The idea of saying that one stroke can do everything in my walk. But does can do well, it. Well, I know a lot of ladies, myself included, who say that's impossible. Well, how can this one granulated soap do all three kinds of wash? But that's just what does is made to do. All three kinds, from grimy work shirts and heavy towels to pretty rayon undies. What? what? Why, wouldn't it have to be a new kind of soap? Well, just you try does. It is a brand new kind of granulated soap. Not just a new improvement of an old soap. Why, you've never before been able to buy a soap quite like does. Mom. In fact, this new does looks different than most granulated soaps. It's so much whiter. Why, even the suds are different. How's that? Why, if you've been using any of the four other leading granulated laundry soaps in your machine, you'll find Duds is better every way for suds. Oh. Yes, Duds makes more suds even in hardest water. Big bundles of suds that build up faster and last up to twice as long. Well, sounds like this Duds really is different. You bet. Once you try it, you'll see what wonders Duds does. Why, you've never seen whiter washes than you Duds gives you. In fact... Does get clothes whiter, far whiter than any number of other soaps. But tell me, will I have to scrub hard? No, ma'am, not with does. There's no hard scrubbing, not even on the grimiest work shirts. In fact, no soap made gets clothes clean easier than you does. Yet, this same does is far safer for your fussy colored rayon slips than any other leading granulated laundry soap. Well, I've heard enough. I'm going to try this new does and just see whether it does everything. So, well, look for that big red and white box with the name does, and next wash day, let does do it. And now, the Goldbergs. Well, Jake Goldberg is in a terrible difficulty. He has a slight cold and an important meeting which he wants to hold in his house. The cold is keeping Molly home, too. And to cap the climax, Seymour showed up. Well, now Jake and the Caters have important things to discuss, which Molly mustn't know about. But the Caters can't come over as long as Molly's home. So, stalemate. And meanwhile... Molly, her good heart brimming over with wifely intentions, is taking charge of the situation. Listen. Please, you see that? Oh, wait, I'm going to make your lemonade. 
I, I should go to movies. <laughs> You're coughing because you have a potion, and, and, and I should go to movies. That pleasure you can give me, Jake Gibb, and you're sick that I should do something for you. That pleasure I can have. Sit down. Sit down. Don't take off your coat. Stay a minute. Maybe I'll want you to help me with something. A mustard plaster you'll get, a hot lemonade you'll get, you'll get what I want. I should put on my hat and go to the I should go to the movie. What's the matter? I should go to the movie. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. closet, you'll see my coat. Your coat? Yes. But, but what I about... I have to slip out. But you're cold. Not so loud. Where are you going? Why is it so important? I have to go over to Dr. Cater's. There's something cooking over there, and it's important. About Uri I hope so. I'm going to put three diamonds in for you. Uh, uh, th- uh, thank you. My galoshes also, Seymour. Just give them to me. I'll put a man outdoors. You sure you should go? I mean, after all. Don't say anything to Mrs. Goldberg. Oh, sure not. I'm going to put plenty of honey in for you. Thank you. <laughs> My muffler, Sammy. Seymour. Here. Now, I hope I'm doing the right thing. If you get pneumonia, it's going to be all my... I wouldn't get. Goodbye. If they ask where I am, I went to the mill. You hear? Yeah. Thank you. Seymour, if Sammy comes home, send him right over to Dr. Cater. I'll be right in bed. I'm squeezing you. Um, open the door quietly, Seymour. Give me the mail on the phone. 
couldn't be there yet, Ma. Well, the switchboard would be closed at night. Can you imagine, huh? Ma. D- d- don't mind me, Rosalie, please. D- d- don't mind me. You-, you don't know your father's bronco tube. Who'll, who'll drink the lemonade now? Who'll drink it? Uh, I'll, I'll drink it. Oh, a man. Uh, a man. All for his family. Everything. Oh, Rosalie, Rosalie, you have a father. Remember this night, Rosalie. Remember that with a cold and with a sniffle and with a possible bronchial condition, he went out. He went out because it was his duty. He had unfinished business to do, and he went out. That's your father, Rosalie. Remember, Jacob Gold. Remember that. Remember. Rosalie, if you ever find out the truth, don't hold it against me. That's all I mean. The truth. Yes, dear. About what? About my deception. No, thank you. Uh, don't trouble yourself. No trouble. She's so good to me too. Well, why is it, Seymour? Tell me. I'm torn between two horns, Seymour. I, I gave my word. But Seymour, you can Maybe tell. if you ask me, I'll have to tell you, and then I'll regret it. So, dear, dearest, but. Why should Papa dear be so all alone? Your father would appreciate it, Sammy. All right. I'll have everything hot for you when you come back, darling. Tell Papa I'm mad at him anyway. He left me standing with a mustard plaster and he left the house. Oh, Sammy, you should be like Papa. His work, his family, nothing else. Not like me with my maneuverings. Button your neck, dear. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Bye. dear. Oh. Man with a coat. Yes, Seymour. I have some cookies. Rosa, don't hang yourself up in the closet, please. Hi. Seymour, get finished with this cocoa and we'll walk over to the mill. What's the matter? Oh, mine. Yeah, your cocoa's too hot, Seymour, yes. dear. Oh, mine. Let me. Let me. Maybe it's Papa. I'll talk to him. Hello? Mommy? Jake, why did you do that to me? Where are you? Where did Simo uh, say I was? At the mill. So why do you ask? Yes, dear. Let me talk to him. Let 
talk to Seema. Jake, why did you do that? Let me talk to Seema. I'm, I'm coming over. Don't come over. Why? I, I'll be home. Let me talk to Seema. Just a minute, hold. Seema. Yes. Here. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Such a mess. Hello. Seema, listen carefully. I am a Dr. Kader. Yes. If the minister from the village church should come over to my house, send him here immediately. Minister? Dr. Minister? My voice, just listen. <laughs> yes. He should come over here, not there. You hear? Yes. I'm depending on you for secrecy. <laughs> yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. What's the minister? Minister, oh, oh, Minister is, is the name of a piece of machinery. Machinery. Oh. Yes, the Minister went wrong. Oh, so, so what do you do, sir? Well, I, I, I just have to know it so I can take care of it, you see. Oh, uh-huh. Um, wait a I'll get your spoon. No, just get me a glass of water, please. Nice work, Seymour. Well, whatever's going on, Molly's in the complete dark. You know, doing things by half measures is never satisfactory. That's why I'm sure you get mighty disgusted with those halfway soaps for dishes. I mean, those bar soaps that only go halfway because they don't have real speed. Or those tough granulated soaps that are so short on safety for your hands. Well, such halfway soaps don't belong in your dishpan anymore. No, ma'am, because new does is here. That new kind of granulated soap that does everything in your wash. And believe me, does has everything for dishes, too. From whirlwind speed to greater kindness to your hands. In fact, does treat your hands like a baby. Just notice how wonderfully soft and smooth they feel after doing dishes with does. It's far kinder to your hands than any other leading granulated laundry soap. Yet, no soap made speeds through dishes faster than does. Why, does cuts even tough grease without hard scouring. Yes, you can tell the difference does right in the suds. So try it today. Does has everything for dishes. And be sure to listen to the next episode of The Goldbergs, written for you by Gertrude Bird. Next time, Molly gets more and more confused while we get clearer and clearer. This is James Fleming, wishing you good day for Procter & Gamble, makers of Does, the new kind of granulated soap for all three kinds of wash.